my needle cast hoodie to, to wear to pretend to be uh, the fray. To pretend to be the fray. We're actually lucky that we've even got any uh, news subjects this week, Shieldsy, given um, that we didn't pay the newsman on time. He was upset. Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast from independent validator teams. Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the uh, on the Cosmos brought to you by independent validator teams. I nearly got away with it. I nearly managed to say it. So we're, we're actually, we're not just the Cosmos anymore. We, we changed a little bit that we're uh, independent validator teams. Ditto. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, very good uh, impression of um, the Frey or Dr. Frey. You tell me it's not messy enough. <laughs> um, what? You're... Your hotel room's not messy enough? I mean, like, because, well, I mean, the phrase, the phrase room, his backdrop's always quite messy. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. You know, and, yeah, you yeah. need to hang shit around the place, a couple of guitar amps. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, I I've, I've got a load of, like, conference mics all over my bed. But. You need some poor lighting. Can you just, like, ignite a nuclear fuse right next to your face um, just for, for the correct effect? Uh, no, the, the, the lighting in this hotel room doesn't allow me to do that. Um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm live from from Istanbul and Cosmoverse, where I Love. where I know nothing that's gone on because I've basically uh, been uh, busy doing some like AADA work. So you guys will have to tell me what's happened here. So for for the um, the viewers and the listeners, uh, we're joined today with uh, Bendy and Funky um, and Shilty and myself for the regular. Uh, team and we have um, Dr. Frey and Uncle Dad um, are on their way back to their respective places from the, what were, were they, SmartCon? Yeah, I think it was SmartCon over in Barcelona, right? Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> so it's been a big week of, um, of conferences for everyone uh, who can get to them. Mm, not anyone from over this side of the planet because... They're too far away. <laughs> so, um, Schultze, what was your excuse? Well, I had Erdemann go to to Istanbul. Right. So if Erdemann's going to go, I, I don't want to go as well. That's, I mean, and I just got back from my honeymoon. So oh. flying right back, like, what, a week after I got, not even a week after I got back. That's unacceptable. Not working with that. No way. No, you you'll just get in trouble for that type of malarkey. My uh I might have said this last week. My my partner's been trying to get us to go like away on the weekend and I'm like, hold the phone. We we just went elsewhere like for a week. So you're gonna have to wait a month. <laughs> there's uh there's no way that I am putting on weekend shit again for like at least a month. I've but been Man, I, I've been exhausted. It's, it has been about a week since I've been back. Um, and I'm having a hard time recovering. But I think it's so like I just crested 31, right? Which means I think I no longer recover from jet lag as well. 30, you can still do it. 31, I think, is when that turnover happens. And I'm feeling it. Yeah, I definitely. I, I think I've only really started to experience the jet lag like recently, like in the last five years or so. Um, but I mean... Jet lag's on a different level when you're Australian because you're on a plane for 17 hours that is going to get you exactly in the place you don't need to be for a time-wise. 
So it's always a big adjustment. Last time I came, when I came back from March, when I was over there, it took me like a week to come back to normal. I was just shot to shit. It was terrible. Yeah, I'm at the point where I'm still waking up at like four or five in the morning each night, and it was only a nine hour changeover. Four or five oh, man, hours. Ride with it. That's a great time to wake up. Yeah, I was gonna say right, four man. or five a.m. isn't too bad. So like. You know, I've been using the time to do work early because, you know, most of my team is either in Central Europe or on the East Coast. So, you know, we, we are always way far off in time. So this has been good for like, are able to work together? But also like my wife wakes up then like five hours later and she's like, wow, like you've already been up for like your entire day. And so then like <laughs> by, by 3 p.m. I'm like winding down and yeah, it, that's that's the tough bit right now. On the weekends, unless we have a plan to do something, I'm like getting up at 4 or 5 a.m. And then the missus gets up at like midday. I'm like half the fucking day is gone. Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then I'll, I'll go to bed at like 8 o'clock and she'll come to bed at like 1 a.m. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's nighttime. You can't do anything. Can't work. So, uh, yeah, I mean, because life is just working and sleeping, right? <laughs> so, um exactly what i believe it is so bendy has just come back from cosmoverse to his hotel room he was he was partying uh at an after party and he was telling us that he was going to get into his minibar but it looks like he's opted for the water probably already had a few brewskis so hopefully he's like half charged for some hot takes while we uh roll through the news a little bit later on. Uh, yeah, whenever we hit your news corner, I'm, I'm ready with, like, underinformed, over-opinionated views. The news so, corner does not exist in that form anymore. I've vetoed it. How <laughs> – was Cosmoverse as empty as, like, the photo showed? Because a lot of people are talking about how Cosmoverse was, like, the keynote, there's only, like, half the seats full or fewer, and a lot of people are talking about it not seeming very full. Was it Was it actually that empty? It – the auditorium was, but like we, um, I've forgotten the exact number. I want to say it's 1,300, 1,400 people were actually in attendance. But what it is, is there's like all sorts of different rooms. So most people aren't bothering with the keynotes because they're going to workshops. They're, um, there's like, there was just like a load of food and drink out in the kind of osmosis networking area. Um, people are kind of like, it's more like, yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's kind of conference where people are in about eight, nine different rooms, loads of hallways. Like everywhere you went, it was chock up with people. But the did actual- that feel like a feature or a bug? Do you think? Um, do you think maybe they they could have scheduled those other like you know other types of things? Or, like maybe if they I, broke I, up the, the keynotes into like a few hours here and a few hours there, and then schedule those other things in between. I think that the kind of venue we were in uh, was challenging because I think the ball, the ballroom that the main talks were in was massive as if you were going to do the whole event in that. And then you also had loads of these breakout rooms. And the breakout rooms were probably the most successful thing. Like we had, so as, um, there was an AEZ specific room. We had Neutron and uh, Slide at the AA Dow, well, at representing the hub. And then we also had Noble in there, despite the fact they're not quite in the AEZ yet. Uh, but like we had like some sort of gigabrain uh, round table things in there with like 30, 40, 50 people. And it's like, and then everyone's trying to get into there because they suddenly hear that like, oh, Jihan and Sonny and uh, Spade and whoever are all having this kind of like really intense 
thing and you can't put that on stage it's not going to work in that way it's like this you know more more organic thing like so a condo just, type thing yeah so i think like what you really probably need is a venue with like uh breakout rooms that are a little bit closer to the main room and the main room to be able to be a bit more like to be sized down so that it always feels full because actually like you probably have four five six hundred people in there and it still feels quite empty um because mm-hmm. i like so i was uh moderating a, a panel fireside chat whatever you want to call it um with two of the tokenomics guys today and i was like oh there's not a lot of people here and then i kind of was like well actually there's like 50 rows of chairs however many people on each row there's quite a lot of people in this room but they're very spaced out it doesn't look great on camera i think there's a kind of optics thing with that where if you can just do a better seating plan then it works a bit better um but that was kind of yeah that was that was one of those where we that tokenomics panel was a fun one because it got moved in terms of its time to accommodate the stride news which i guess we'll come to at some point and uh we, yeah, we got moved for that, and then Sito couldn't do it, which was the original plan, because he was having to prep for the stride stuff, and so I had to do it. And then um, I had to fill another uh, 15, 20 minutes of time, because the keynote that was meant to be on in that time slot didn't happen, and uh, was just kind of told, could you just stall for a bit? It's like, yeah, I can chat. Uh, and then, you know, as you, as you guys know, I just talk a lot. So it sounds like... Um that the cameras looked kind of so-called empty was almost a feature in the sense that what people were doing is they were going and doing things that were more active and more, they were less passive. If they're going to the keynote, that's passive consumption, right? But if they're going to the side rooms, it sounds like they're, they're actively engaging. And so while the appearance was at the, the throne room, if you will, was empty, what that actually means is people were off doing things that like would actively better the, the situation, the area, the, the conference. I think so. That's certainly my take. Uh, my sense, my sense of things as someone in one of those rooms for most of the time was it was like, it was pretty consistently busy. A lot of people came up to me to kind of like, just talk to me about what they're building, how they can get money from me, uh, which, you know, is inevitable because I'm like one of the, you know, 10 people in the conference with actual cash. Uh, but you know, it, it, but it was kind of cool because actually you had like, it's much better to be doing that kind of, uh, whether it's yorping or shilling, uh, depending on which way you want to go. Uh, <laughs> Yop up, shill down. <laughs> but it's better It's better that like the, those people are doing that than they're just sitting there listening to a keynote, right? So I think that kind of what's happening, and certainly my experience from having worked in a kind of conferencing venue, um, is that uh, this has reached a period of maturity where uh, the majority of work needs to be done at the bar or in the or you know over coffee and that the actual program of events is almost meaningless um that really what people want to do is engage with individuals they want to have the conversations they want to have they want to do the workshops they want to do the hackathons they want to do all of that and they're not very interested in being lectured to for 20 minutes half an hour were you at the previous uh cosmoverse or no no this is my first ever crypto event this is my first time meeting crypto people in real life Ah, that's cool. Awesome. It is cool. Yeah, I had a great time. Like, I, I like, um, yeah, and it was kind of, it's kind of fun because, um, you know, I hadn't met any of my colleagues from the Dow in real life. So that was kind of awesome. Um, we all went for dinner tonight and, you know, that was really nice. It was really nice to have time with people and like actually kind of, you know, see how tall some people are, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but, um, but also like, yeah, I've worked really closely with, uh, some of the people involved in Neutron, 
uh, some of the guys on stride and then we're in a room together and we're actually like able to just you know shoot the shit and uh kind of get a real sense of who people are and you know like yeah i mean it it did nothing for my imposter syndrome uh where i've suddenly am like oh shit i'm at a thing where oh so yeah my my big imposter syndrome moment was um because the so the hub's the lead sponsor um bit through us and uh so there's the kind of like speakers and sponsors dinner on the first night which uh and they were like oh could someone from the dow speak and yusuf was like oh bendy will do it he's good at talking and i was like now I've got to do like a three minute chat to like every single significant person in this ecosystem. Uh, and like, what the, what do I, who like, I'm like, I'm just, a, you know, community member pleb. Uh, what do I, t- what do I say? So that was quite fun. Is this the drop chains moment? Yeah. Well, I couldn't <laughs> I say saw, I saw Rama break you over the coals for it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, like I, tw- I, I, I tweet, I put the video. I was like, if, imagine if I could say the word blockchain, but yeah, um, my, <laughs> My opening line in that was, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the annual gathering of the cartel. Um, Perfect. I was was really interested to see uh, what percentage of Cosmos had a sense of humor. How many people did? Because I I imagine that that would be very divisive. I would say 10% had a sense of humor. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. But um, but by the end, it was fine. It was only three minutes. It's fine. Um, I, you know, if AA down now doesn't get a second mandate, it's basically because of me, I think. <laughs> All these devs would be like, don't talk about the cartel. <laughs> but that was quite fun. But yeah, like it did not, like I was just like, oh shit, like I meant to present, pretend that I'm like significant. In fact, all it is is that I'm English and therefore, you know, the one that's put up to speak. <laughs> so, okay, so. Did you say this so is your. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You sound you're English, therefore you sound so smart. Um, so, what what did you do previously? So, if you hadn't been to a conference before, how long have you been in the Cosmos ecosystem? Because obviously, you've been you know you've been in chats. I've, we've seen you for the longest time, but it surprises me since Cosmos has events in Europe fairly frequently, probably two or three a year, right? So, I'm curious what why wasn't my job before. Ah, um, uh, yeah, that's good. Okay, so was a dive the first thing you do that did that brought you into like as a? Oh, really, I didn't know that. Yeah, so so my background is um, I got into crypto just like what year would that be? So yeah, like early like right like January twenty one, right? Uh, and then sort of was on Coinbase and was like, oh, just look at some of these other things that aren't Bitcoin because, you know, maybe Bitcoin, maybe there's other value elsewhere, right? You know, other things are going to be a bit more risk, but they might go up more. And I was kind of just reading like their little synopses. And I was like, oh, this Cosmos thing is like kind of interesting because it talks about the fact that not one chain specifically is going to win. And I was like, well, that makes sense to me. Like, you know, why in the history of like everything in the world, nothing has ever had just like one winner in a, in a kind of form of things getting advanced, right? There's always been like multiples. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. So I bought some Atom and then I saw Wolf um, tweeting about, uh, make sure you get it off centralized exchanges, put it in a thing, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, right? Self-custody. And I was like, oh, I better do this because there's some sort of thing and people are talking about the word airdrop is being thrown around. And so I got some Juno and I got some Osmosis because of doing that. And I was kind of like, oh, and I like, and I got progressively more interested in stuff and just like watch this show, follow people on Twitter, da 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 da. Um, that also was just airdrop. This show, 
That was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, that was most. So airdrop, I'll say, was was a really great airdrop. I remember I had, I want to say like, like. 10 Adam staked and I am getting like $800 worth of osmosis. And that made me so excited to join the ecosystem. Um, yeah, I, now, I, granted, I was the, in it before, but go ahead. No, no. All I was going to say is like, yeah, I got over a thousand dollars for less than like, I must've, maybe I had a hundred in there. Like I, I, yeah, I, I can't the, but the, quadratic, like, the quadratic curve thing was a good idea. Um, with that. Yeah. It was great. Like, but yeah. And then all, all that happened after that is that I continued to do kind of what I do in the chat on this show where I just talked at people and then eventually they replied to me. Allow me to talk at you. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> in public forum. I'm just going to shout at you until you acknowledge my existence. Um, <laughs> and then one, one day I got really pissed off with something in Cosmos and uh, DM'd Zaki and just was like, I'm really pissed off about this. Is there any, like my background's in marketing and comms. Is there anything I can do to help? And he was like, Oh, weirdly, I was just setting up a telegram group. Let me drop you into that. And I was suddenly in this weird telegram group with like, again, a lot of serious players and I kind of was like, Oh, and then like I did, I, you know, I tried to be helpful. And what then came out of that eventually was when Yusuf was setting up the accelerator, he was like, I need a marketing and comms person. Uh, do you want to talk? And I could do it on top of my day job because it's kind of a part-time role. And I was like, Oh, this is brilliant because now all the time that I already spend doing crypto stuff, I actually get some money for. And you monetize your knowledge. Yeah. Like I, you know, I've, I've, um, I've got, I've been working in marketing and comms for like 16, 17 years. I know, you know, I know my stuff up to an extent as much as anyone does. <laughs> it's, well, a, it's, a, it's a great story, Benny. It's very similar to mine. Like it's, it's, it's wonderful how in web three, you can jump in. And if you just are a curious person, you ask lots of questions, you want to be helpful, you provide value to others. Like somebody's going to offer you a job. And it's only a matter of time. So that that's really cool hearing your backstory. Very similar to mine. I, I think if you have like some personal motivation and just get involved, um, there's a place for you somewhere. Like, yeah. And it's it's not all developers. Like, there's you know Bendy's marketing, um, and there's any number of different jobs for different kinds of industries in this industry. It's just a matter of being active hunting people down, expressing your point of view, um, you know, getting in there. Uh, I mean, Shilty, uh, and you're, you're validated too, Funky, um, and I probably all, you know, you get nowhere in this industry if you don't ask the question and if, you, if you're not persistent and looking for the right connections um, and if you just, and, and it's a, it's definitely, I think one of the, one of the things, um, in the validator space and sorry, Bendy, I know you're not a validator, um, <laughs> is that I, I think some operators think that, you know, they, this is, a uh, a mountain to conquer rather than like, um, a better together thing. So, you know, I know Schulte and I, um, subscribe to the, you know, teamwork makes the dream work type situation. We, um, you know, there's a group of us that help each other out um, in the in the stack and make sure that, um, you know, we're all performing. Um, and sometimes that's like, you know, giving other other people a reality check and saying, hey, look, you're fucking up over here. Maybe have a look at that. Um, yeah. Or, or even some encouragement. Oh, you're doing a great job over there. Um, how can we sort of do better like you? <laughs> And, uh, you know, that, that type of environment rather than like out in the cold by yourself behind the gates, 
trying to just conquer everything by yourself. I feel like I've had this conversation multiple times this week because um, trying to work out what I can say and what I can't without kind of just being like saying that certain people are ourselves. Uh, but basically, um, the, a lot of the hot topic here was what is the AEZ to do with like, is it just the change uh, on replicated security or is it anything that interacts with Atom? Because obviously, um, uh, yeah, there's the osmosis one amount of liquidity, uh, but I had a conversation with um, Dean uh, from Agoric where he's sort of saying, you know, IST is obviously in the academic economic zone because it has Atom as a, you know, thing that you can platform as IST with. And like, and he was getting more and more aggrieved about this, I think, because I think that he felt that the resistance to acknowledging that was people kind of wanting to be behind the gates. Um, and he was like, you know, where, where's the reciprocal nature? And where's the cooperation? And kind of that's a know. really interesting take, though. That's not one that I've really heard. The one I've I've always heard is you know you're in the atom economic zone if you are like ICS. But yeah. it makes sense that if you are directly relating, like like Stride pre ICS, like under yeah. under that definition, you could argue was part of the atom economic zone, and that also wouldn't be wrong. But anyway, continue. I, no, I no, no. So, so I so I've got a series of slightly uh, wobbly thoughts that are definitely not helped by the beers. But uh, the the kind of the main thing with me was I, like my thought around this was just like it. The reality is is that Atom will do better if IST gets some adoption, and IST you know will do better if Atom does well. Like the, there's a you know the, the the alignment is there, and if everyone just spends their time shouting each other and sort of whether that's uh, on the IST side, feeling like they're being neglected and therefore being annoyed about that, or on the Atom side of like putting up walls, that's not actually going to help anyone. And the, you know, if everyone gets defensive or or aggressive, either way, actually, uh, then it kind of doesn't help. So what I was saying is, look, I think there's the reality is is that the chains that I consider to be in the Atom economic zone are the ones that have some sort of social consensus that says they are, and that means that they've passed a vote on governance. So that at the moment is around replicated security. But if that was around protocol and liquidity or um, some sort of loan or some sort of other uh, financially structured deal where you do a token swap, you do something else, I would argue that that is an indicator that you're in the AEZ. At the moment, we're just so early in it that it has a narrow meaning. And if we are rigid with that, I think we just lose a lot of opportunity for everyone. And that kind of was one of the things I was saying in my three minutes on stage at the very beginning of the conference where I was saying like, one of the things people talk about at Cosmos First is the good vibes, but then like it just they just go away after like a month after the honeymoon period. So can we keep them going for like two months instead? And that would be like twice as twice as much value out of Cosmoverse as we currently get. So further to the um, you know the, the AEZ stuff, I, I I think that if people understand that the AEZ is not an organization that you get inducted into it's just a term that people use to describe you know the the closely related entities that are working in the same direction as adam then you know it becomes more evident then that you don't necessarily need to be in the ics to be part of the aez you just need to be contributing to that ecosystem in a way or in in partnership in a way, with that community to better both of your protocols. 
And then yeah. you then you're like de facto part of the AEZ. I mean, it's not like a f- organization where you have to like gain membership or anything. No, it's like it, it the A <laughs> this sounds shit. Uh the AEZ is more of a feeling than a contract. It's a vibe, man. It's a vibe. <laughs> It's those good vibes, yep. But it's like, but I, what I would say is that I really distinguish between, um, say, so IST or USK, where there's just some use for Atom that people can choose to do or not do. That is completely different from if the Atom uh, governance had a vote where it went, okay, we're going to give, we're going to use a million Atom to do this with them, and they're going to do this with it, and here's a kind of agreement. Because that is saying... Like it's not just because otherwise it's like the null zone or the Schultzy zone where you've just chosen to do something as a user with your tokens with someone who gave you the option to do it. So when the, there've been chats today about like osmosis is obviously in the AEZ because it's the thing that's done all this stuff with atom liquidity. It's like no, that's all osmosis and osmosis chose to do that and osmo- and people chose to do it on osmosis and it, that's fine. Like that, I'm not dismissing what they've done. They're a brilliant protocol. They are like they have been the biggest um, thing for IBC totally but does that make them part of the aez no it doesn't but if their proposal that's currently on the forum for like you know a bajillion uh item uh for protocol and liquidity uh were to pass then i would say yeah i would uh, for me that's what i would say is like enough of a signal that i would include them in an aez thing if i was organizing it as the marketeer i think the other interesting thing about the aez is simply creating the term has created so much demand for having it people are like i want to be in because you've created a club and like nine months ago no one wanted to touch atom with a shitty stick (laughs) that's a really interesting point yeah like now that people now that it's become a thing people want to be part of the thing i mean in effect the the imagining of it was adam 2.0 but adam 2.0 was not nearly as catchy as the aez right like it didn't have a good enough marketer apparently it's it's like they uh, took the non shitty bits of the uh, Adam 2.0 and called it something else. Yeah, I mean, imagine anyway. um, imagine how anyway. gigabrain you have to be to do that. Let me ask you guys this: What does this mean, like with with the AEZ and obviously more chains starting to wanting like to like signal for ICS and wanting to make that transition? What does this mean for mesh security? Because I think it's funny that, like, you know, Sonny had his little graphic with, like, Osmosis being part of this AEZ, but he was also the one kind of pitching mesh security at, like, the Shared Security Summit back in Denver. Like, is, is mesh security starting to fall to the wayside and now more just pushing toward, I, like, the ICS idea? I, I, think, I think that mesh yeah. security is still definitely coming. Um, oh, okay. The more, so... Uh, Quite a topic. So with the way we've currently seen ICS roll out, you're going to see us vote no on most chains that join in. So for example, Composable is going to try and become ICS here soon. And I guarantee you we're voting no. And the reason for that is there's so much reliance on individual team output on the performance of that addition. And Composable is wildly unstable, just wildly unstable. And it's not easy to keep track of what's happening with it. It's not easy to like interact with in general. Um, there's, there's a variety of reasons for that. But what that leads to is if they tried to become an ICS chain, um, that burden then falls on every single validator and that shouldn't happen. 
With mesh security, it's opt-in. And that's that I think is is the really big difference. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, we, as AA DAO, um, have co-funded some of the mesh uh, mesh stuff because it's definitely part of the future picture. Um, I think the other thing that's slightly being slept on because um, it's not really made a lot of progress is uh, the opt-in replicated security. Um, as far as I know, there have been some particular issues about how uh, you solve the security problems of if only a certain number of people opt in. How is that chain actually secure? How does it reach consensus? But I believe uh, that one of the teams working on the tokenomics research for us um, proposed a solution of, around that to Jihan, who is now going to kind of investigate it further, but thinks there is, there is a possibility of solving that. And that's kind of interesting because then you kind of you could do mesh and you could connect with loads of people, but if you just want to get security from the hub and you can be convincing to particular validators, then you can still get that security. And that means that someone like Lavender 5 don't have to um, don't have to secure Composable if they think that that risk doesn't suit them, but Composable could still get hub security uh, from people that are willing to take that choice. And then there becomes a market where for me as a delegator, I can look at who are these chains supporting and do I want to be in receipt of those uh, staking rewards and fees, et cetera. And I think that's kind of interesting because I think at the moment there's not a lot of ways to distinguish validators unless you're really deep in the game. Um, so I think ICSV2 is, I, I was, I think the last time I spoke on here or maybe the time before that, I kind of was like, I think this is pointless. I've slightly been talked around into thinking it has, has purpose, but ultimately I think that, Mesh is probably going to be the future for a lot of Cosmos. And I think that Atom will be the primary beneficiary of Mesh because it is the thing that most people want to connect to just purely because of its market. Um, so, yeah, really, like, I think that's brilliant. I also think that Atom, uh, because of Stride, uh, will become super desirable. Like, it will, get, it will have skin in the game with a lot of tokens, even if they're not meshing to it because of the way that liquid staking tokens will, you know, are so pervasive at the moment. So I think can that's you, kind of interesting too. Can you talk a little bit about the stride and Adam um, yeah, image? Like is it, I haven't looked too much at the proposal and I haven't seen too many talks about it. I've just kind of like seen secondhand people's thoughts. Is their idea to completely take down the chain and just push all of that to Adam? Or is the idea to continue doing stride as a chain but move over to only using Atom and basically burn all stride in favor of just using Atom. So I missed some of the talk, So and I haven't read the proposal. So I will be talking from a complete picture of ignorance, other than a bit of a chat that I had with someone yesterday, uh, because I needed to talk, like when they wanted to take our slot, I was like, well, you need to tell me why. So... Uh, which then gave me like 24 hours where I was like, I know the biggest news in the ecosystem and I literally can't tell anyone because they will know it's me. That's like, awesome. <laughs> 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 um, so as I understand it, it's to move to a tokenless chain, um, which I think is better personally than moving it onto uh, the, the hub. Uh, you mean to- okay, so you mean because, wow, this is a lot to unpack. Like, how would that work for people that are currently staking to governors, right? Um, you get you, you get more Atom. 
whatever, yeah. whatever price that deal got structured, you would your 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 stride would become atoms. Interesting. Okay. I think there's a lot that I, d I haven't got into the detail of it. Um, uh, I know that like Riley and Aiden are like, just like this is very early in conversation and we want to get as much feedback as possible. And I think one of the problems with that is I think it's completely genuine knowing those guys, but I also think that the community want to be told something concrete so that they have something to work with. And I think navigating this kind of like, merger and acquisition stuff in a on-chain governed world is as far as i know breaking new ground and i think that makes it really hard to do it well and i've got a lot of sympathy and patience for everyone involved in it because i think that it's whatever you do people are going to be finding it difficult and i think that like how you negotiate a price for this kind of stuff is difficult um the the yeah i i, I like I don't have a strong opinion yet other than I really, really, really love Stride. I think it's a phenomenal team that have done a great job. They've had some of the best product market fit in the ecosystem. I think they're one of the strongest teams, best shippers. And, you know, my Atom bag is bigger than my Stride bag, so maybe an acquisition is good from my point of view because I get more exposure. But So yeah. he here's what I'll add to that. Stride is one of the few tokens that I've... Um, really bought into because of basically what you said. It's a really fantastic team, such an amazing product market fit. Secret's another one, but there's so much secret difficulty. I'm not going to get into that. I'll, I'll continue with Stride. Uh, I think that with Stride moving to ICS, they devalued their Stride token. And I think that quote unquote being bought out by Adam in almost any vision it turns into would be a good thing. I, I probably agree, and I probably agree it's good on both sides. I think the key thing that has to happen is that at the moment, uh, Stride's biggest kind of customers are Atom stakers, and I don't see how that really works once you are owned by Atom, as it were. I think that kind of, there's some sort of weird circle stake thing going on uh, that's even weirder than it is at the moment. Uh, that, so I'm not quite sure how that works. But I think that in reality, I think there's one, two significant chain launches coming up where I believe that Stride are going to be involved very early. I think there's going to be huge amounts of these tokens going to be liquid staked. And I think that that's going to be super bullish for people that hold Stride or if Stride is Atom at that point. Atom. I think there's genuine revenue to be made. And revenue guess, is like, nothing makes revenue at the moment. I guess my question right now would be, so if they were bought out by Atom, um, would it then be that all of the stride tokens would then go straight to the validators and stakers. Like, so there wouldn't be stride stakers anymore. Like governors, I'm sure would go away because I don't think it would make too much sense for them not to go away. Um, does that mean that all atom holders would then effectively become, I imagine stride is like an ETF, right? You buy stride, you stake stride and you get a bunch of other tokens. So it's like an, it's, it's in effect an ETF. So would that then make it as each atom staker and even, larger etf holder in a sense if yeah. so i mean that's just that's awesome that would be super cool so so at the moment i think it's 15 percent of strides revenue goes to atom stakers i think uh i think it's that um it might be 20 but i think it's 15 um and i think then what would happen is that 100 percent of revenue 
would go to Atom Stakers. Now, I'm not super keen on that in that I think that some of the revenue should actually go directly to the team because I think that creates incentivization for the team to continue working. I oh, I thought it was really dumb when uh, the uh, on Stride when we voted to give 100% of revenue to Stride Stakers. I thought that was stupid. I thought, no, the, like, how do you grow your treasury? How do you continue to fund future development? Uh, I like, I understand why stakers should be paid. I'm not saying that, but I, I also think like you could have taken, you know, 95% and still left the team, uh, you know, the treasury growing and the foundation getting some income so that you continue to fund it. I think the, this is a wider issue within the, for Atom and therefore for Stride and to an extent Neutron, uh, is how do you pay developers? And, uh, Gnome from Binary is working on some stuff as part of our tokenomic stuff, uh, where you basically have a kind of allocated budget across the year, and it's kind of topped up block by block, and you kind of, as as governance, you decide where you want to allocate that to, and that makes a lot of sense from my point of view. But I think that the revenue models are kind of really interesting around that. And again, I think that uh, as just a staker, you need to take a kind of longer-term vision because there is no point you extracting all the liquidity so that you can't fund teams for the long term, because the main value add that the, that Stride has for Atom is that phenomenal team. Now, I'm fairly certain that there will be people who will say, "Well, devs make loads of money, da 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 da." Uh, fine, but they are also the future of that protocol. So, what do you do? And if you can't get the alignment of uh, interest right, then what we're actually going to do is buy Stride. These guys become multimillionaires and they walk away. Like that. That's not great. I guess it's a mic drop moment right there. <laughs> do you do you think that's part of the um, motivation for that uh, proposal? Is you know to monetize their holdings quickly to something that's pretty stable or stableish? I, I mean, I they still have a huge amount of stride, right? Like most of the delegations right now are from the stride treasury, so they're still uh, getting a huge amount of income. I, so I, I can't imagine it's it's so one sided as they are looking to get liquidity quickly as what's happened a couple of weeks ago. So the thing with like the thing with the app chains seems to be that, you know, they have their day for a while and then it is to date like pretty uh, like mo- most of the chain. And this is partly a function of the, uh, the bear market, but you know, after, after their day is passed, the, the value of that token goes down. A lot because at the end of the day, like how much value is there in in most app chains if, you know, they got a lot of tokens, they got a platforms that generate not much revenue. So like at the end of the day, what's that worth? And in terms of stride, well, I, I guess it's, it's value to its holders is more or less based on the uh tokens of which they get revenue from right um in terms of like that little that little bit from the top when they do the um you know when they they take the the inflation from all the chains that they're running on and then they take their little bit of cream off the top and then distribute that to um the holders of the token and that's basically the revenue model but like, how will that play out in the long term? Like, for a chain that has, what I think I saw somewhere that at the moment they've got a revenue of maybe seven hundred grand. I think that was in some of the um, comments on that Commonwealth Shieldsy. Um, so, like, you know, that's trading at ten times the the revenue at the moment. That's probably not too unreasonable um, if that's coming out to the um, 
stakers, but, you know, given the long-term trends of most other app chains, maybe I'm not saying it, it's a cash grab, but maybe it's a way to like solidify that value into something a little bit more stable. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. I mean, of all things in the cosmos, Adam has proven itself to be the most stable. Um, the next best thing is probably osmosis and it's down 35 times from its all time high, whereas Adam is down four, maybe the reality is at, go ahead. About five. Five. Okay. Five. Um, the reality so, is, I mean, Adam has, Adam is similar to like a lot of the other bigger L ones, you know, those top, those top 50 L ones are like traded. Well, actually the top 50 is not even all L ones, but like the L ones within that top 50 are all traded as if they are like more or less, you know, the cream of the L ones, right. Which arguably most of them probably are. Um, and I think that just, I think they traded like on, on, um, you know, on the basis of like signals and stuff rather than their actual worth as a, as a chain, if, if that makes sense. I think in my mind, they're, they're more, they hold their value better because people are like signal trading from charts and stuff like that, rather than saying, well, what's the revenue of this thing and what's the, what's the, um, you know, long-term value proposition for this. They're like, oh, okay, well, we're getting down to like the 30% friggin it's over five days of, and it's in the, in the green, it's a buy line or it's going to hit its defense. Whatever that is traders do. So I feel like a lot of that, um, resistance is from traders trading charts, not like people's belief in those chains. Um, as a contrary view to probably what other people might think. I think the, the reason that Atom has not gone down so much in price is entirely because of... Ben, you're... It's really hard to hear you right now. Sorry. Yes. I can bring it really close to my face. I've had to kind of like plug my phone in basically. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, it's yeah still I think a bit... you might have had your hand like over your microphone or something. Yeah. Is, is that still the case? Yeah. Is, can you hear me all right? Yeah, that's better for sure. I can't believe you don't take a tripod for your to conferences for you for like um, you know ad hoc fucking. I just worried that the, the the hotel staff would think it was the OnlyFans. <laughs> Show me your feet, baby. Oh, you have one. I didn't realize you had an OnlyFans. I'll, DM, I'll DM me. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so that that was. Do we do we do we want to keep uh, on this topic, or do you want to change it up into some some can news? I tell you what, can I tell you one typically Cosmos funny story? Sure. Um, yes. Just to derail things for a little bit. So we had a um, roundtable in the AZ room, and uh, it was meant to be kind of gnome talking about some of the work the binary are doing around tokenomics, and it sort of was. But also, Sunny came in there to uh, talk smack about what the AZ is. Uh, Jihan uh, was fairly robustly defending it in relation to ICS. Uh, Spade was in there. The duality guys were in there. Like loads of gigabrains. And at the end of the session, this uh, like completely random bloke uh, put his hand up and was like, "Can I just give an outsider's perspective? Um, I run this company. Uh, we're valued at like eleven billion dollars. I own about 02 percent of all Atom. And here's what I think. Just some thoughts, right?" And literally, everyone kind of goes, oh, okay, interesting. 
And nobody, not one person at the end of this thing thought, I'll just follow him out the room and have a chat with him. I'll just like, this guy is literally worth billions of dollars. And Atom is uh, like the community, everyone in that room is more concerned with having a row than like getting the giga whale. I would have slapped Erdeman if he didn't go say hi to them if he was in there. Like, go get him. Get some staking, man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, he, yeah, so the, he owns 0.2% of all Atom. Of Atom, oh. Like, but he also has an $11 billion company. Oh, okay, yeah. That's, you know. an, that's an instant go talk to the man. Kudos. Like, yeah, no doubt. Period. I would have fucking been like, he would have been walking out with me, like holding onto his coattail. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but no, yeah, like it's just. It, I was like, this is crazy. This is so crazy. Like, um, I did uh, eventually. I did see some people. Like, uh, he ended up at dinner that I was at, and like, yeah, people were trying to tap him up. Uh, but you know, he like. When I introduced myself to him, he was like, I was like, oh, I'm Benny from the Atom Accelerator, you know, grant program. And he was like, oh, how much money can you give me? I was like, well, I kind of wanted you to give me some, really. Uh, <laughs> but um, but I just I, like I just thought it typified Cosmos. I just thought it typified Cosmos where it's more about the row than the money. Yeah, I tend to like agree with that sentiment. 100 percent. So anyway, that, that I think I, I think that sums up everything from Cosmoverse and we can move on to something else. Okay, well, all right, Shilty and I are the only ones with access to the news, so you don't get the preview. Um, hot oh, no, topic. I, I have, I have a, I've, I've got the spreadsheet. I can put oh, it Yeah, yeah, I got it sent to you. I got, I've still got access to it. Rama doesn't let me, though. He complains I'm messing up with his business model when I delete his comments. <laughs> so, well, I mean, the hot news for this week is uh, the news researcher strike. So, um Rama has put an on-chain transaction to our DAO that says if you don't pay me within 24 hours, uh, we were on strike. So, really, I don't that's know when he did that? <laughs> did it actually says that? I just voted yes. Oh my! <laughs> the the memo on this transaction says you have 24 hours to pay your new re- to pay your new researchers, or we go on strike. Now. I think I don't know how Rama became multiple people. Can you form a union as a single person? Because it sounds like that's what's going on here. He has formed the researchers union of Cosmos um, single-handedly and probably the only person who cares about the outcome. Um, (laughs) So this was made on the 2nd of this month, which is October, now that I'm just looking. Um, at 1851, I'm assuming that's my time zone. So three days later, still no pays. Shit. I'm surprised he didn't delete the news. Wait, hold on a second. Where is this at? I can't see it on Dow Dow. Uh, look, well, it's in the spreadsheet. There's the link. Oh, to the, is it? Uh, yeah, but it was sent to the Dow Dow address. I, I don't know um, how we... Is it like, is it like a memo field? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he sent us a ransom email in the memo field. <laughs> the oh, the idea so that anyone reads their memo fields, like you know, like when the fuck is someone going to implement messaging in the wallets? Well, like, Leap Wallet also has. Hey, Leap Wallet has, I believe. 
Leap Wallet. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uses Leap Wallet. Leap I mean, wallet. I like their, I like their interface. I've never used the wallet. It's it's a great wallet. Is it popular? Should Fantastic I be changing wallet. from uh, Kepler? Yeah, Kepler's dead. Move to Leap. <laughs> Sanjeev, Sanjeev and his team are incredible, and Leap is definitely the future. Oh, but yeah? The Leap Wallet team really kills it. Like they're yes. really responsive yeah. to feedback. They are very in tune with like what people want. It it's a great team. Really enjoyable to work with. But I, yeah, I and, think they have it integrated. And the hub will be buying them out pretty soon, I believe. Is that true? I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what, what is Sorry, the, I'm, uh, just, I'm just, I'm just ch- chatting shit. <laughs> what is the fate then of that other Snaps? Um, who was doing oh, the, the Snap? Uh, Mystic Labs. That's still going. That's going strong. They're doing all right. But all right. it's like, but it, it, they're, they're trying to achieve different things, these guys, right? So um, Mystic Labs is sort of the canonical MetaMask Snap from MetaMask's point of view. Mm. Whether that means that they will achieve, you know, market share, or whether people do leap, I don't know. Well, I mean, leaps first to market, right? You they can use that right the, now. They all went at the same time. Oh, so um, are yeah. the other ones live? The yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they, I think all... it was. Go ahead. No, go on. Well, I think that MetaMask, like they whitelisted or like had a a prep period and then everything was released at once. Right. So like yeah. they all got ready and then they were all, the floodgates were open effectively. Yeah. Leap, yeah. leap uh, wallet slightly front run the kind of end of the, like the, the moment that you could go in terms of their announcement. And they got a lot of traction out of that. Um, I they, will say secret had it going over a year ago. Like they had a MetaMask working over a year yeah. ago. I think what's, what was interesting, what's interesting certainly with the mystic labs one, it's the one I know the most about is the fact that it is universal. So that you, whereas the, they, you know, they were like, oh yeah, there are other ones that are just on one chain, but then you kind of, it's, what's the use of that? Like, yeah, it's cool. If you, if your chain has a very specific connection with like Ethereum and you know that, that's cool. But if you're trying to bring some ETH into Cosmos and you don't want people to change MetaMask and you want them to go and buy a bad kid, then it needs to be one snap for everything. Mm, makes sense. Um, so moving, oh, actually this is, uh, this is conference related. So the Gnomic founder got uh, sim swapped and doxed. Any uh, can you from a man on the ground? What? So that was well. I mean, that had nothing really to do with the conference, was it? It was just he got sim swapped, which is yeah. But it was a relief like, to see him like a lot of security that like sim passcode. It, it was great to see him like live and well at the cosmo at, at the event though, because I I genuinely had this moment where I was like. Has he just been kidnapped? You just don't know, right? Like, at the point that all of his ID and stuff was just put out, it's quite scary. Wow. That's uh And then yeah. um, and then a particular validator decided to uh, create, take the, that tweet and put it in a GitHub repo so that it could stay there forever. Would this be a validator that we all know? No, I kind of sus- yeah. <laughs> okay. <that's- laughs> it sounds like such a fucking Jacob thing to do. <laughs> Well, I mean, the man's also currently DDoSing the uh, the testnet of Atom, I believe. Oh, Who that's what's happening right now. I believe that's him, yeah. Because <sighs> he's trying to prove his point, right? I mean, it's testing, I, te- I suppose, technically, but whatever. So on, there's, there's Jacob news in the news. There's uh, Jacob goes on a rant about max block size bug, puts up a proposal to fix it by increasing hub blocks by five times the current block size. Sticks to his guns by saying that one meg blocks is better than 200 kilobyte blocks, even after the advisory from Amulet in binary builders. 
oh, there's so much I can't say because sure, it's like breaching other. Oh, no, Jesus. no, because because it, it's other people's <laughs> opinions, and I can I'll tell you my opinion. My opinion is that this is fucking ludicrous, right? But it's it, their entire business model. Yeah, I mean, but, but imagine it's a winning a, business model, as it turns out. Imagine being a. <laughs> it's better you know doing better than being holistically wholesome <laughs> doing better than most people right now i I, yeah. I just i don't know how long it lasts i feel like i feel like i mean i just cannot imagine a world in which that icf delegation stays for example can you speak to what? the icf um president thing that happened so what exactly happened there so jacob wanted to be like the icf president right no. like we we're going for council like what Okay. All yeah. Right, okay. That's yeah. why I need to explain. Cause I say, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure Jacob would love to be the president of the ICF. Um, but, uh, so Brian Crane is now the president of the ICF. He used to be one of the vice presidents, I think. Um, and Ethan is no longer the president, but they have also decided to kind of create or expand this council. And they've kind of publicly kind of opened for recruitment with that. And there are a number of candidates uh, ranging from the sort of sublime to the ridiculous. Uh, you know, uh, Rama is, has put his hat in the ring. Um, Jacob's put his hat in the ring. Jay Kwan has put his hat in the ring. Jay Kwan's perhaps has been thrown back out of the ring. Uh, I'm not quite so sure about the other two. Um, but like, so there's this range of people that kind of think that they, they're going to save, save the interchain, um, you know. And 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 I'm not entirely sure what that group of people do uh, within the ICF. But then I'm, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what anyone does at the ICF other than Rob, who is a fucking legend and does the kind of Twitter stuff. He's great. Um, but there's a lot of other people. And I don't know what they do. I did meet a very nice person who's like the new product manager for IBC. She seemed really nice. Don't really know what that means. I shouldn't have come on this after having so many drinks, but you're getting a lot of food. <laughs> if I don't work in Cosmos after it anymore, like then this is this, I will know why the cartel have got me. Well, now you can blame this instead of your three minute speech, right? I, yeah. I can 100% guarantee you that the cartel does not watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Nor does like any degrees of, friends who know the cartel watch this so you probably well, that, i mean i'm the closest right yeah i mean unless I mean, unless I'm, you're gonna go and send them clips you're probably safe technically i'm now sito's boss so i think that definitely makes me like the head of the mafia <laughs> Ooh, that's scary that's uh it's an interesting take on a uh on a grant yeah well it's you know it basically it's me that decides whether we continue to pay him each month right yeah can you pay us like we do stuff we talk occasionally. Yeah, sure. I like <laughs> genuinely. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think I, like I have personally, I've had tremendous value out of this podcast. Uh, oh, I, uh, I you, met you and like seven other people who watch I, it. I met, I met one. <laughs> I met the other, I met the other person from chat. I met, um, uh, less harm. Really? Um, mm, he doesn't have like. a top hat. It really confused me. Oh, that's a shame. What did you say his name was? Lassan. Yeah, do less harm. I think. Oh, do less harm. Do less yeah. harm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I you said less Lassan, and I'm like, no, I meant yeah, no, cause less, less, less harm. Maple less harm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cause yeah, he my meditations. Yeah, yeah, he's super nice. He's he's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. 
So we, uh, we traded shirts for stickers. Um, I don't know what I'll do with the stickers, but I was delighted to give him a shirt. Uh, but he, he's, yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, he and I may meet in future for a beer, which is very exciting. But, oh, he's local like, to you. Well, local enough. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, local <laughs> enough that we could consider meeting for a beer if we plan it. We might even persuade, um, Dr. Frey to join us for a beer. That would be cool. So here's what I'll say about Dr. Frey. Speaking of people, like meeting people in person, I expected him to be way shorter than he is. He's like, he's like a hundred foot tall. Yeah, he's like a Goliath. <laughs> uh, I, I, my, in my head, he's six two. He might be six two. He might be. Yeah, that's cool. I, think, I think he is like six two. Yeah, maybe even a little bit tall. So, like, he 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 sent us a like it was a self. Well, it wasn't a selfie. It was like a photo of him like holding the bean out in like the bush somewhere, and he made the trees look small. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, I was like, that, who is think, this fucking yeah. giant standing next to this pond that was, I think was a lake? <laughs> yeah, you just expect him to like carrying a club, dragging a club behind him as well, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so just the kid by the scruff of the neck dragging a fucking club. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So I think once, once we've got, once we've kind of, it'd be nice if we can try and get, you know, like maybe there could be like a Game of Nodes Christmas party where we all kind of just try and like meet our respective, uh, pro, uh, like, like host or people from the chat that are near us and we kind of get together and then try and do one where we're all drunk. That'd be kind of fun. That so that sounds fun. like me and Bendy at the pub. I mean, well, not Bendy. Well, you and Rama? Yeah, exactly. Rama at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then me, cause less harm, Dr. Frey, that would work. I'd, I'm I, shocked I've got no to... idea if you have a local listener. I mean, not super local. I would probably just head over to Pittsburgh. Doctor Uncle Dad and I would uh, have a beer. Uncle Dad, yeah. <laughs> Um, I wonder where Niels and Soy uh, too. They uh, said probably the states, I guess. Soy, yeah, where's Soy from? Soy, Soy could meet me for a bit. Uh, really? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally taking a um, some neutron stuff because he works for Neutron, so I'm literally taking him some neutron stuff back from the conference to give to him. So oh, that's an interesting story. He, he works for Neutron. Is that is that a similar story to yours? Just being active in the community and then yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I told his story on a on a space one day, and he basically same thing. Like, was just super active in the community, and then like I think Spade reached out to him and and asked if he would get involved. I heard his story on one of like the Neutron uh, X spaces or Twitter spaces, whatever. Probably some months ago. Very similar. Yeah, just a community I'm member pretty, who was highly involved. Pretty sure my first time I saw Soy, and this might be wrong because this is a lot of people. Um, I'm pretty sure they were just shit talking my validator on Twitter. <laughs> that sounds like soy. <laughs> yeah, would, sure which I say affectionately. Right. My that's first right. interaction that's with soy way. was all he was just shitting on polka dot, and he's like, All these guys, these polka dot maxis going on about the Nakamoto coefficient. Like, and I was like, and I just started like answering him. I'm like, I'm not the technical guy who can tell you these things, but I was just like writing back. And we kind of had a little tiff and then like I got, I talked to him on a space and now like, I feel like we're buddies, but yeah, he was, uh, I love soy. He's, he's, he's always got a great take every time I talk to him on a space. It happens like that. A lot of people are like, you know, aggressively fucking voicing their opinion in some fashion. And then like, you know, some, the person who's like, you know, the target of that 
sometimes, you know, engages with them, you know, on a more level thing, like DMs or something, and say, hey, man, like, you know, this is this this is the deal. And then I think a lot of friendships are born out of that initial, mm-hmm. like, um, aggress- aggression. Uh, I know that a lot of mine are. Um, I know that, like, when I, and, you know, I've done this at the pub as well, and sometimes people just don't like you and they, you know, don't like the cut of your jib for some reason. And then, <laughs> and then if you just like, I don't know, I've, I've asked people like, you know, you clearly don't like me. Like why? <laughs> and then, the jib. They're like, no, your jib's just not pleasant. Your jib is fucking weird. It's very right? strange. Uh, I mean, it was, on one occasion, it was a dude I was talking to and he, so he, he worked with, my partner and and he just did not fucking like me and i was like well why don't you like me he's like i don't know and i'm like well can't really like work on that reason yeah and then we like uh you know we talked some more and then we sort of left on reasonable terms i guess so that was nice but a good, um a good friend of mine the first time i met him i thought he was a complete arsehole because he was being an arsehole just turns out that he was a bit drunk a bit more drunk <laughs> than he was and actually when he like when like if you're the same amount of drunk or sober like it's fine, but you know he was just being a bit of a dick that night. By like, I was just like, I, you know, when like you meet someone through some friends, I'm just like, I don't get why you're friends with this guy. He's a dickhead. And then it was like, and then it turned out that actually he's really sound. Um, yeah. So my my best friend's actually the same story. Uh, in college, he and I like actively conflicted in almost every single class for the first two or three years of college, and then senior year rolled around, and we we're like, Hey, do you want to play games? Yeah, all right. And we've basically either lived together or seen each other on a regular basis since like he lives a five minute drive from me it's funny how that works out yeah yeah i mean um, and you get this you get the same thing with romantic stuff as well right where sometimes it's just you know, some form of tension there so <clears throat> speaking of tension uh and i don't know how to say this but this word i'm pretty sure it's a lot of, yeah i'm pretty sure it's chango right chango goes after jack z yeah, or Jack Zampolin in a video with all his collaborations and calling him a weed, which has embedded its roots into the ecosystem and he needs to be pulled. So, I, that just makes me so angry. Like, say what you will about Jack in Strangelove. The one thing they're not is like a weed in the ecosystem. They have done so much good and they're like, they're like the one team that I've seen actively trying to push, you know, effective things forward in the ecosystem. It's just I, I don't know why Jack's been like has received a decent amount of hate over the last couple months. It just it really bugs me. So I feel like yeah, over the years, like Jack has been a net positive. He's like a he's a nice figure for the ecosystem as well. Like he's well spoken and he's polite, and um, he seems to you know, try to, uh, at least in a public forum, like try to take on criticism and then provide like, you know, answers to that, responses to that. Um, other than that, I don't really know the dude too much. I don't know a lot of his like specific contributions. I know that he gives a lot of uh, contribution to IBC. How much of that's like paid for, I don't know. Um but, I mean, he seems to be a net positive contributor. I haven't seen the video, um, so I, I don't, I can't really comment on what's in it. Don't know if anyone else has. I haven't seen the video either, but 
I'm, I'm more of just speaking about on Twitter in general. Like I've seen a lot of conflict and vitriol pointed towards Jack. Not so much strange love, just specifically Jack. And it just, I have no place to like be his defender or whatever. I'm just like peon number seven. Whereas Jack is like a beacon in the ecosystem. So like, what am I really doing? Nothing. So, sometimes think, people just like to shit on success to make themselves feel better. Like, But it's, there's more, yeah, I don't know. But, I, you know, if this was, you know, if, if you can infer that maybe this video was uh, supported by, you know, maybe another contributor to the ecosystem as a bit of a hit piece or something like that, then maybe you can see where that's coming from, I guess. Um, but, you know, you don't believe everything you watch on Twitter. Know that a lot of people who say shit on Twitter are paid to say shit on Twitter because they've got a little number under their name. So, yeah. Because they have anyway, a number under their name? What? You know, followers, man. Followers. Followers. Okay, got it. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, paid shills are everywhere these day and age, and you have to, like, really, you know, consider what you're taking to be gospel when you're when you're looking at things on the internet. Um that news story has been so hard for me because I've literally had to bite my tongue. And, uh, yeah. I, like, I, so I saw Jack after that video came out. Uh, you know, I don't, like, I think he knows where it's come from. And I think he has a good idea about it. I don't think he's that particularly bothered. Uh, but it can't be nice to have what certainly he considers to be a paid hit piece put out about him. Um, you know, and, I think, I, and I think it's a shame for the, I just think it's a shame for the ecosystem that we can't, like, act a bit more adult than that that's what i was gonna say um there was a couple years back i had a couple developer friends that were looking to join the ecosystem and we were going to develop a product which jack actually knows about jack um he and i actually had a conversation around this and they after seeing like the twitter activity even back then there was so much (laughs) angst and anger and conflict that they were like i'm I'm not going to be a part of this. This is this isn't what I want to be a part of. That so I just I don't know. Even more of it coming out, and I feel like we should just be past this at this point. Like I know that all mature things will have some level of conflict, but why does it have to be so public and also so? I think condescending is really the word I want to choose here. Why does it have to be so condescending? Bear market. But this was before the bear market. It started oh, before okay. the bear market. Like I it. Might- was, we were deep in the bull market whenever I was trying to get some friends oh, in. Oh, okay. And even I mean, then, they were like, no, I'm out. It just seems like it's bringing out the worst of everybody My like, at this point. My take, broadly, is that I think that first-generation Cosmos people have a lot of, um, for want of a better word, trauma from that AIB explosion and diaspora mm-hmm. and unresolved uh, issues towards each other and lack of trust and it's not just like a jay versus ethan versus zaki thing i think it goes through all levels within that company i think that's part of it and i think that's infused the same culture i think there are kind of second generation cosmos people that don't give off that energy and i think that over time that will permeate through um i think you know so if you look at the duality lads if you look at spade at neutron if you look at um uh, the stride guys that these are the teams i know the most and you know closest to so just because i've worked with them or the guys at leap wallet like they're just not doing that and they're not interested in it and they're they're shipping good work and things are happening and ultimately they're going to be the ones who win Mm -hmm. um and they're going to be the one like 
and that, but it makes me insanely bullish on the ecosystem as a whole because more people coming are that mentality and what will happen is the people you know those ogs just get effectively diluted over time um so that's not to shit on some of those ogs some of those are kind of like you know cosmos heroes and i feel like a total larpa when i'm in front of them like you know that's fine but i just mean that like there's a culture that they have because of what happened that these other people don't have and i think that that really helps i think there's still some stuff that needs to permeate through the community but i'm really hope you know i think loads of that does happen and i think it is maybe i'm just naive but i think it's getting better despite the bear market you know what i i think that i would agree i think that it has gotten better um it doesn't see, it seemed like like what drama was on Twitter recently was one of our core components of this show for a long time. Like what's the new drama this week, right? That was easy to say. And it's much more difficult to say now. Generally, if there's drama happening, like there's a few core players and we're like, that's kind of played out. I don't really want to talk about it. So yeah, I'm gonna have to agree. I'm so glad we can be you know a bit of hopium here. The beacon of hopium. <laughs> that's right. That should be uh, that should be our new shield. So we might have to drop the wholesome tag and become the beacon of opium. It is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So all right, let's 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 fucking go to some other drama-ish type shit. Um, DPS. Are, hey. DPS. Yeah, more more DPS. Someone had to explain that to me. I was like, "What's DPS?" I'm like drama for a second. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> do you know who? Cla- do you know who claims to co- have coined that phrase? No, it's Jack. Jack. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, it was so definitely he, he, us. He cl- he, cl- he claims to have come up with it years ago because he did like uh, lots of like uh, RPG kind of stuff where you have deep, uh, damage per second as a as a stat. You just turned it. But yeah, that's it. he claims to have it. But I, I first heard it on Game of Thrones. I like that I, I coined a, ter- a term, Schultz. Have you coined a term? Uh, I would say I have coined a term. I coined D-Gen Horcrux. You did. You did coin D-Gen Horcrux. And that is yeah. like the canonical calling of it now. It proliferated. I, it I coined a term. I'm quite proud. Although like, you know, my, my system gets quite a lot of... Uh, criticism there's a lot of warnings in that fucking guy <laughs> what, there is the- there weren't that many warnings prior to that double sign on say and then they were like uh-oh hey, you've read my original guide that i wrote though right for dj and horcrux i don't know if i have on my github oh man it is fucking full of warnings <laughs> you you told us about it when we when we talked like when Lucky Friday when we had that meeting with you you were like DJ Horcrux and you told us about like the GitHub and everything. Yeah, yeah, I just, totally. I just think the word DJ at the start of a like uh, <laughs> you know system is like is a warning in itself. You really don't need much more than that, right? <laughs> yes, that's that's a great say. point. <laughs> uh, so we have uh, we have a, another remaining item, well, two in the news. So, um, okay, I'm, I'm reading this because it's long. Uh, the only dot dot user on Cosmos was wrecked by the canonical dot due to oh. composable bridge being down for maintenance for ten okay. days and people buying dot without the ability to arbit. The composable team didn't inform the community their bridge was down, let alone been 
minimum viable product in beta stage. I, I, is that you, Funky? Are you the are you the user of Dots on Cosmos? No. Well, let me say this is interesting. This is really interesting. So, if you guys saw, we did something where like Jessica Cosmos. You guys may know her. She used to work for Flipside. She now works for us at Lucky Friday. She's our senior software ninja. So she and I basically wanted to do something where we were gonna for Teddy Dow, like where we're gonna give to charity. And so we we did a double thing. She donated a bad kid. I donated my one bad kid, and we were gonna do it for charity. So I even brought this to the attention of the Composable Labs team. I'm like, yo, like there's a significant like problem between like if I try to switch to the Cosmo dot instead of the Axel dot, like it's way off, like a massive arbitrage opportunity. So like I even pointed this out to them. And, and that's what I don't understand. Like then I started seeing the stuff about Lavana and how they like wanted to force people to use the Cosmo dot, or though I guess like I was told it's IBC dot for whatever reason, instead of the Axel dot, which is much more liquid. And I'm like, why are they forcing people to use it? And I didn't even know that the bridge was down until like, I started seeing all the posts about on X. So um, no, I admittedly, I just use the stuff, the Axel dot from Axelar because I can just like port it right over to Moonbeam. And then I just bought, I, donated to the Teddy uh, that Lewis, he ended up winning. So I, I, I probably would be the one person using dot in the ecosystem because I mean, I'm not going to lie as, as a fan of both, I would, wouldn't mind like doing some kind of LP with Adam and dot, but yeah, this whole like thing was a bad, it was a black eye really. I think on, on the CL team to that they hadn't told anybody that the bridge was down and I've had friends who have tried to use it, and said it's like 15 clicks and this, their shit just gets stuck. Like They don't, just don't know what to do. So, you know, like as someone who want, who just is, if I'm a maxi on anything, it's an interoperability maxi. Like, and I feel like that's where this is all heading, right? Like to your point, Benny, where you were saying much earlier in the episode, like not one chain is going to win. I feel like it's just going to be a bunch of chains talking to each other. And I don't care if it's IBC or whatever it is that connects us all. I don't care. Like just make it happen. And so that's why, like, I was personally still, I guess, kind of bullish. But it's interesting seeing sort of the Cosmos landscape become more leery about the composable team because the dot, like, side of the fence has always held them at, like, an arm's length after all the Zach XBT stuff and everything else. And then now it seems like the few X spaces I've been on, like, I was did one with Don uh, Kryptonium and we kind of, like, co-hosted it and asked a lot of tough questions of Omar and everything else. And so it's, yeah, this whole thing is just being, it is really interesting right now for me as someone who likes both ecosystems. Um, but I'm curious what you guys, like what, what's your take on all this and how this has played out and like, what, what's your take on the bridge being down and not being able to do the arbitrage and everything else? Uh, I mean, so I don't think that the co- we knew too much about the composable team because like we're not part of the Polkadot ecosystem, right? So all we knew was there was this team. Now, granted, like I kind of know the history of that bridge, right? That bridge started being written by Sheldon from Octopus and the composable team took into credit for it. And so I was already kind of leery about it there. Is that Sheldon um, who's now at Notional? Sheldon's like the big near guy. He like octopus is somehow related to substrate. Like there's a kind of close connection or kinship with like some of the stuff that's been written on polka dot. Like I don't understand all the intricacies of it, but yeah, there's, 
Well, so so octopus kind of turns near into polka dot in the sense that okay, um, you can create substrate chains off of near, like doing kind of other, using using polka dot's kind of system of security. Um, and so Sheldon had developed basically IBC for that um, to cut the cosmos, and then the composable team found it and then used it. Um, oh, did not know that. But I, do, I don't think that it is Sheldon that joined Notional. I'd be very surprised if, if, if that were the case. They seem to have uh, quite a few people now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the bridge the bridge being down is not, like, in my opinion, such an issue because, like, all this, well, all this stuff, hopefully they should be communicating when stuff's like MVP and beta. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the... The biggest issue I see there in that news is that they didn't communicate it to anyone. Um, and it sounds like they didn't, you know, make an effort on the bridging site to make it known that it is down. So, like, you know, if I was the product manager for that um, and your product was down, I would have the splash page just blurred yeah. out with a, with a sign on it that says the bridge is currently down for yeah. maintenance or whatever it is. We'll, we'll be back. Uh, check again in like fucking three weeks. Yeah. Well, I, I, my, my, my view is that someone got wrecked because they're shit at, at like ba- basic customer care. Someone got someone, someone's lost money because they haven't done their job properly. And they, you know, like there was a really nice guy from the composable team doing the rounds kind of kind of, you know, see what support there was and kind of spoke to me. Not that I matter, but he doesn't know that, right? He just walks in and I'm the, I'm the guy ripping the hub. Uh, but he was like, oh, are you, you know, supportive? And like, as a Brit, it's really hard to just sort of, pol- you know, I'm just basically want to politely say, go away, don't come back. Like, please don't. <laughs> um, like, I've, I, I've been terrified of Composable uh, for a long time. Um, I remember speaking, I was on a call with... Um, Rama and someone else and we were like it's weird that Jack's like willing to trust his baby with the with this team like and 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 like at the time I just thought oh well if Jack thinks that this is a good idea he he must be seeing something that I don't and he's you know must think they're great builders right like that's that's where I, my head was at I'm less certain now and you know the the and this isn't a dig at dot at all but like the bridge is obviously that everyone's most interested in with IBC is the ETH stuff and we've got Three teams working on that. Composable is one of them. There are two others. Um, so an interesting thing with um, with user experience and bridging is that um, I'm pretty sure DYDX is close to their V4 chain launch. And really I close. read somewhere... Hey? Really close. Real close. So I, I read somewhere that... Um, that they have like a bunch of ecosystems with like one click bridge um, straight into their platform, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, and really cool. I don't know if that will like make them a bit of a hub for, um, you know, bridging assets. I, I don't know what bridges they're using, but um, yeah, I mean, if there's just like a one click bridge solution, you click your button and it appears on, on their, ch- because, you know, one, one thing for DYDX that's, crucial is user experience and you don't want to materially change it from what people know and like at the moment and it's already going to be like a pill to swallow for people to know that they're sending their stuff away from um you know ethereum or wherever the fuck they've got it arbitrum but 
the fact that I'm pretty sure, and I could just be spouting bullshit now, but I'm pretty sure they're integrated with a bunch of wallets and that, you know, you don't have to change your experience at all. You just one-click bridge over into the their ecosystem still just the way you do it now. It's just that it's, you know, they've abstracted away the bridging. Yeah, like, I mean, I'll just say this, like Squid Router, I, I think it does a fantastic job of being able to pull stuff from Cosmos, Polkadot, whatever, like, it, it just, you might have to manipulate a little bit more, like, I'm going to go from this chain, I want, I'm using this asset to this chain and this asset, you might have to wait for a few minutes, but like, this, it seems as if these things are becoming more common in terms of how easy they they are to use, and it may be more than one click, but like, when you're actually like, the one signature you're giving in your MetaMask or whatever, it, it seems like it's becoming easier and easier by the day to, to bridge over stuff to another ecosystem. Like that's what happened when Lewis won the thing for the bad kids to, to, to send them money. Like even though I couldn't use the Cosmo dot and I used the Axelar dot, it was super easy. Like I was just like, okay, I'm coming from this chain. I'm coming here. And then just like I withdrew it and it was right there and I could swap the Glimmer and it was, it was very easy. So, you know, I, I think that some of the, apprehensions that we all have about bridges are eventually going to disappear, especially if they become more IBC focused, just with just knowing how that system is set up to be for the most part, trustless. So I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm very like hopeful, I guess, for lack of a better word about just some of these bridging solutions and the way that we'll be able to connect ecosystems together. Do, do you know what I think is probably like, some of the biggest untapped bridging uh, liquidity is sexes. Like, what if Binance created a bridge that just natively, like, I mean, USDC everywhere, right? They do because if they, they used had, to, they brought it down like two years ago. Well, I mean, that that would make a lot of sense if they had like you know the ability in their API to do that somehow with different interfaces. Just send your fucking um, like even if you, if they're using zero auth or something like that through a wallet, and you can just send your your um, USDC from a Ethereum wallet address to like a Noble wallet address, and it just appears there in a very short amount of time. It was sweet. It was really cool to use. I wonder why that. I guess they weren't making any money out of it. <laughs> yeah, probably not. And I think I think people started using it for. Um, the problem was people started using it using it as a way to get it off of their exchange and using decentralized uh, oh, yeah. market makers. Yeah, so That's they were like, they "Yeah, they need IBC, right? Like they don't want IBC." Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, isn't um, Binance Smart Chains joining IBC? So they can't is be it? that far against it. Yeah. Which is going to be interesting because then there will be two uh, native USDCs available on. Cosmos because there's a native DC on, on Binance Smart Chain. Isn't, Wait. Binance, the smart, isn't the Binance Smart Chain a f- like fork of the Cosmos chain, like the SDK? Yeah, it's built on the SDK, like a, yeah. a very early version of it. Yeah. I don't know. Sure is just fucking grinding gears here. He's like working through this. Yeah, I didn't know they were either. I thought that they were like so far behind that it'd be really difficult for them to do. And their developers, my understanding, aren't exactly um, good. Be- yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, all right, uh, blog.cosmos.network. 
um, IBC is finally landing on BSC. Interesting. Yeah, I okay. Well, I read it. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose a blog isn't, you know, from the horse's mouth, but it's as close as it's going to get. Well, cosmos.network, that's like more or less official, right, Bendy? I think that might be the ICF. So, you know, who knows? Five days ago by Toki. So, yeah, I mean, it seems well real. Well-known member of, of Cosmos. Here's a comment about our work from Jack Zampolin. Trust minimized interoperability across blockchains ecosystem is greatly needed. And I was fucking nothing about it. Oh, hang on. Uh, so from Jack, which I'm greatly excited about the contributions from Toki and Data Chain, which are expanding IBC's reach to non-Cosmos SDK chains such as Ethereum and BSC. I'm looking forward to seeing their ongoing contributions to IBC. Yeah, the only thing is I think BSC was built on the SDK, but like I said, a, a very old version. Well, um, so BSC and the Binance chain are different. BSC mm-hmm. is a fork of Ethereum. So this is... This is, chain is different, yeah. yeah, so this is an entirely different thing. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Okay, yeah, BNB smart chain. So, but is this the um, the guys that left Composable? I don't know I don't know who Toki is. <laughs> I don't know if this is Union. I, I, I wonder if it is. I'm not sure. It says Toki and Data Chain. I don't know. I don't know who Data Chain is. Uh, today, Toki is excited to announce that IBC is finally landing on BSC. Uh, as many of you might know, according to DeFi Llama, BSC is the third largest blockchain network in the world by TVL. So this represents a significant milestone for IBC. But yeah, I mean, the the thing is, I'm pretty sure BSC, let me let me look up the um, USDC. I'm so glad we've all got our finger on the pulse here, though. Good. I know, I'm kind of blown away. And second, that Tron is apparently the second biggest chain for DeFi. That seems... Uh, that's just because uh, Justin's like minting fake shit. That's what I was going to say. That doesn't it's seem... USD debacle yeah 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 we'll only know that the bear market is over once that shit's you know unwound so there's a lot more pain to come don't bendy don't be so british damn it well what do you want me to say <laughs> no i expect you to say that <laughs> just the, <laughs> the the uber pessimist well look this i'm in phrase I'm in I'm in little spot i have to basically say look Boys will be boys, but it's all going, you know, we're all fucked, lads. So looking at this, um, so look, looking at the the circle uh, multi-chain um, listing of where they have native USDC, it does not appear that BSC is on the list, but I 100% um, was on a centralised exchange the other day and saw it as an option for...